Yesterday, a federal judge sentenced former Proud Boys leader Enrique Torrio to 22 years in federal prison for the seditious conspiracy that he supposedly perpetrated on January 6th, the day that the light of democracy almost vanished from the world. January 6th, a day on which Torrio not only did not enter the U.S. Capitol, but on which he wasn't even in Washington, D.C. Nonetheless, Judge Timothy Kelly said, Torrio's absence from the alleged insurrection, to which none of the supposed insurrectionists brought weapons, quote, does not do anything to detract from the severity of his conduct. Even from many miles away, Torrio objected to the certification of the obviously rigged election. And so now the government is going to imprison him for more than two decades. Torrio did not commit any violent crimes. He's not even accused of committing a violent crime. He wasn't even in the city. 22 years. The average sentence for rape in the United States is less than 15 years, meaning that Torrio faces 50% more jail time than the average rapist. But really, he probably faces more than that because while right-wingers have had the book thrown at them in recent years, most non-political prisoners don't spend anywhere near their full sentence behind bars. Do you know the average time served by convicted human traffickers in the United States? Less than 10 and a half years. About the time, on average, served by child traffickers? 16 years. How about the average time served by murderers in the good old U.S. of A? Just 17 and a half years. But the guy who ran the right-wing drinking club is getting 22 years for sending politically incorrect texts and social media posts. Is texting out protest messages from a hotel room really worse than rape, human trafficking, child trafficking, and murder? Objectively, no. But subjectively, from the perspective of a regime that is struggling to maintain legitimacy among a public that on both sides, it's not just the conservatives, on the left too, trusts the system less and less each year, yes, it's much worse. And our rulers are going to make sure that it is punished accordingly. From that perspective, Tario should count his blessings for the sentence he got. 22 years is pretty rough. But the prosecutions aren't over. And 22 years is a walk in the park compared to the 700 years that Donald Trump is facing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. This episode is brought to you by GenuCell Skincare. Say goodbye to dark and liver spots, bags and puffiness under the eyes. Say goodbye to crow's feet. Get ready to look as fresh and sexy as me by going to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. We've got some breaking news coming in from Joy Behar and The View. Donald Trump caused the flood at Burning Man. We'll get to that in a moment. First, though, while the ruling party is arresting and imprisoning the political dissidents with these huge sentences for 
meandering around the Capitol on January 6th, often being led in by police officers, sometimes not even being in the city on January 6th. Well, that's going on. That same ruling elite is also preparing to rig the election by doing COVID again, the exact same thing that they did last time. Only here there's a little twist. While Lionsgate is leading Hollywood in bringing the masks back, while uh, Morris Brown College in Atlanta, Rutgers University, while they're beginning to bring the masks back, you're hearing some talk of more vaccines, more masks. Dr. Fauci goes on CNN and shockingly is grilled by the CNN host over the failures of his predictions and the inadequacy of the public health measures that he was peddling for, for years during COVID. Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. (laughs) Now, listen here. If we're talking about stopping the virus, then it didn't do Jack Diddley squat. But on an individual level, somehow magically they work. They don't work across populations or in studies or in your fancy science books. But in my feelings for individuals with the with the magic spells and the witch doctors, then it totally, totally works. Pretty, pretty weak defense to a devastating report read by a CNN anchor. What's going on here? Is CNN finally coming clean? Are they going to be honest now? Are they going to give up the nonsense about COVID? No. No, to me, this interaction was similar to that scene in Star Wars when Darth Vader is walking on the Death Star and he's, there's that lieutenant who messes something up and Darth Vader says, you have failed me for the last time, lieutenant. That's what was going on here. Dr. Fauci has failed the liberal establishment for the last time. Dr. Fauci has no credibility. Dr. Fauci has become a punchline. And perhaps most importantly, Dr. Fauci is now out of the government. He's no longer politically necessary for the liberals. He's no longer politically useful to them. He's a reminder that COVID was predicated on a bunch of incompetence at best and lies more likely. Dr. Fauci has to go. He was useful to the liberals for a time, but now he's got to go. And and they don't need to prop him up. Dr. Fauci needed to seem credible. He needed to have the authority of the entire ruling class while he was running his part of the NIH. Now he doesn't. Now he's he, they can hang him out to dry. And they're going to get some new guy in there, but they're going to keep doing COVID. They're, they're ramping this up 
already. And it's a gradual process and it's right on time. COVID-19 occurred the year before 2020, the big election. COVID-23 is, is showing up right on time to rig the 2024 election because COVID was the indispensable necessary ingredient to change all of the election rules, to open up widespread mail-in balloting, to to open up the prospect of massive ballot harvesting, to do things that even Barack Obama 10 years ago admitted open up the system to voter fraud. But it benefited the Democrats to do it in 2020. It's benefiting the Democrats to do it now. They're not giving up on their preposterous, unfalsifiable, silly arguments. They're going to keep pushing the imminent climate apocalypse. World's going to end in 18 months if you don't stop driving your truck. They're going to keep pushing the January 6th insurrection myth. They're doing it, obviously. They're they're throwing these guys in prison for multiple decades. They're just going to be a little smarter about it. And the people who have lost all of their credibility, those guys are going to be put out to pasture. I really hope that the next guy to come in and run the the COVID scam is a diminutive New Yorker of either Italian or Jewish background, hopefully from Brooklyn or Queens, because I've spent a long time working on that accent. And so I really hope that I can carry it over. But there's going to be a new guy and it's going to be the exact same old story. It's going to be the same, same type of voice, whether it's got the accent or not. Now, this, this is the sort of thing that doesn't make me feel very good, but I do want to look good. And when you want to look good, you got to check out Genucel. Right now, go to genucel.com slash Knowles. As you might know, we are big fans of our friends at Genucel. I love the owner, Coptic Christian from Egypt, who left for the American dream. And they got a great product, okay? Don't take my word for it. Ella from Rockford says, quote, I have both age and acne spots. This stuff is fading both of them. This serum is worth every penny. Ella is raving about the famous dark spot corrector from Genucel, a must-have after months of record heat and humidity. Sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, even red inflamed patches all disappear in front of your eyes. Here's the amazing guarantee. You will see results on day one or your money back. So take advantage of Genucel's most popular package, which now includes the dark spot corrector, plus the classic Genucel bags and puffiness treatment and immediate effects. All at about 70, 70% off, so you can try the best skincare in the world for yourself, completely risk-free. Go to genucel.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Start looking years, even decades younger tomorrow. Say goodbye to dark and liver spots, bags, and puffiness under the eyes. Grows feet at genucel.com slash Knowles. Genucel.com slash Knowles. You don't need to take my word for it that they're doing COVID again. Karine Jean-Pierre, press secretary over at the White House, has just announced... Joe Biden is masking up. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from others indoors and while outside as well. So we've just heard from liberal news outlets from CNN that the masks do not work. According to scientists reported by the establishment journalists, the masks do not work. And that's why Biden's going to wear the mask again. What is this? Just as with Fauci, throwing Fauci to the wolves, that was a limited hangout. A a limited hangout is this, this political strategy. It's often associated with the intelligence community where when, when you're just 
caught, when they've just got you dead to rights, then, then you give your adversaries a little bit. You, 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 you chop off, you know, like an infected limb. You, you give them just a little bit so that you can save the rest of your body. So they, they give them Fauci, they save the rest of the liberal apparatus and the COVID regime. Well, that, what's going on here is a similar kind of phenomenon. It's just a little test. Just like with Lionsgate, it was a little test. If there's a headline that a major company is bringing back masks, are people going to be cool with that? They're going to, some are going to criticize, but is it, are we going to, okay. All right, we're going to bring it back a little bit in Hollywood. How about on campus? Can we do campus again? Okay. Yeah, or we'll do it some random college in Atlanta no one's ever heard of. Okay, and we're going to, and you know what? We're even going to say that we're going to have the masks for two weeks to slow the spread. They, they use the exact same line. Just, they said 14 days, not two weeks, 14 days to slow the spread. Okay, that's good. Maybe we'll try Rutgers. Okay, this is good. What if we have the president just personally mask up? Is that going to, okay. All right. Even it's it's in the face of all of the scientific evidence and our experience of the last three, four years. Okay, now let's do it in the media. News report, Whoopi Goldberg has COVID. Why is she even tested for this? I don't know. I do know it's because they're bringing COVID back and the political operatives are the ones pushing this sort of thing and the lemmings are going along with it. She tests positive for COVID. They announce it on the show. Here's the reaction of the audience. Um, as you can see, Whoopi is not here. She has COVID. Yes, it's back. It's back. It's back. But she's on the mend. She's on the tail end, and she'll probably be back this week. But sorry she's not here. For those of you who are looking forward to seeing her. Oh, no. Now, I don't know what impelled that reaction. At, at talk shows like this, very often there are lights that'll go on, cheer, applaud, you know, that sort of thing. I don't think they put a light on. I think that was the natural reaction of the audience. Okay, now that's being broadcast for everybody. COVID is bad. Initially, COVID was very scary. It was going to kill us all. Then we realized COVID was, was much less dangerous than anybody suggested it was. Then we found out that all the precautions didn't really do anything. Then we found out the vaccines didn't really work. And, but now we're back in the cycle. Now we're back to COVID is really dangerous. Oh no, Whoopi Goldberg has COVID. She'll be back soon, but it's back. That's the announcement. That's the declaration. So now we, we've got it in business. We've got it in Hollywood. We've got it in the news media. We've got it on campus. We've got it at the White House. Most sectors of society have, have bought back into the COVID narrative. And so this will build up until the election. And it's not going to stop with the masks. And it's not going to stop with the social distancing, which was also debunked. They want you to get another booster shot quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. They believe very strongly. So, you know, inject your six-month-old with, with this experimental drug that didn't do any of the things they told us it would do. Didn't stop people from catching COVID. Didn't stop people from spreading COVID. Was not nearly as safe as they told us it was. There, there were such serious side effects that they had to shut down the vaccines for different periods of time. They had to deny the uh, side effects like myocarditis, pericarditis, the nerve damage. <laughs> really bad side effects. Blood clots, obviously, in the Johnson & Johnson and others. And then it didn't work. 
Remember, it didn't actually do it, so they had to change the script. They said, well, no, it, the vaccines weren't supposed to prevent you from catching COVID. It was to, to mitigate the risk of death. But, you know, look, we've all seen the tapes a million times. They told us that it was going to stop us from catching COVID, told us it was going to stop us from spreading it, and then they had to change the story when they had egg on their face. But this doctor says, hey, don't worry. I feel really good about this one. I feel really good. And you know what? People are going to get it. People are going to get this stupid booster. A lot of people are going to get it. Because it's just like every other pseudo-scientific liberal political operation. Anything that happens is said to be an argument for going along with it. The vaccines work. Oh, good. Everybody's got to get one. The vaccines don't work. Well, you better get your booster. Yeah, because the first one didn't work, so you got to get your booster. Climate change is happening. It's going to kill us all. The earth is getting much hotter. It's really hot in the summer, so that's climate change. Oh, it's cold, actually, when it was supposed to be hot. Well, that's climate change, too. Well, actually, the climate hasn't really changed all that much. I know we're in this plateau, this stasis right now. That's the evidence of climate change. You got it. Oh, there was a storm. There was a hurricane in Florida. We've never seen one of those. It's climate change. Anything that happens, anything, is taken to be evidence. And, and people go along with this because they've reached their conclusion and they backfill the evidence. And also in this case, because it's just so politically helpful to Democrats to, to do COVID in a way that it can't be politically helpful to Republicans. One, because Democrats are just much better at rigging elections by stuffing the ballot box. And this has been true for a hundred years. FDR and LBJ used to joke about this. It, no one ever even accuses Republicans of doing that. The accusation that comes from the Democrats is that Republicans steal elections by kicking people off the voter rolls which I don't think is fair or true. But that, that's the best accusation they can make against us for rigging elections. But the accusation that we make against them that they even joke about is that they rig the elections by stuffing the ballot box and filling up the voter rolls with dead people, with illegal aliens, with voters who have never even seen their ballot. And the other structural reason why, why the lockdowns and the widespread mail-ins are always going to help the Democrats more than the Republicans is the Democrats run the cities it's much easier to have a political machine in a city. And two, because Democrats live in the cities and Republicans tend to live in the country, Democrats can hit up three old age homes and get about a bazillion ballots for their candidate through ballot harvesting and mail-ins in the time it takes a Republican to go to five houses in the country. The geography is just, it, it's just completely different. So there is not enough time for the Republicans to, to ballot harvest properly. And, and so because of that, because it gives the Democrats such a political advantage, you're going to see people who maybe they care about COVID, maybe they don't, maybe they just do whatever the New York Times tells them to do. They're going to go along with it because intuitively they know this is going to help them. Now, speaking of climate change and Joy Behar, moving off of COVID for a second, moving off of January 6th and 2024, you know they blame Trump for everything. They blame him for every little thing that's ever happened. Now they're blaming him for the flood at Burning Man. We'll get to how that is in just one second. First, though, when you want to hire really, really good people, not just to run your country, but to run your company, you got to check out ZipRecruiter. 
Right now, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. Whether we love it or hate it, AI is here to stay and to kill us all and to just take over civilization and, well, hopefully to help the economy a little bit, maybe to avoid the Terminator situation. AI is expected to create over 100 million new jobs globally. Some include data scientists, product designers, robotics engineers, even tax managers with AI skills. ZipRecruiter is the best way to use AI to help you find people with those skills. ZipRecruiter's AI identifies candidates who are best suited for all kinds of roles. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Do you want the most qualified candidates? ZipRecruiter uses its powerful AI not to destroy the world, but to help you and to help your business and to build up our economy. Go to ZipRecruiter right now. They let you easily invite candidates to apply. Get the leading edge on hiring with ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You saw that flood at Burning Man. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. 70,000 people trapped because as a general rule, again, I don't want to read too much into it necessarily. It's generally a good idea to avoid traveling to the desert for week-long drug-fueled bacchanalian orgies that culminate in the worship of a giant fiery idol. I would just avoid that. I'm not saying you're going to get flooded out every time you do that, but it it has been known to happen once or twice. So, What's the cause of the flooding, according to The View? Donald Trump. This is one of the many tragedies this, this summer uh, due to climate change. This yeah, is another so one of those. They the better Maui deal with this. This is the, this is the well, one number one existential problem. In this, they, it yeah, rained now. three months worth over and, 24 hours. But when I hear Republicans say, oh, it's not man-made, it's not about fossil fuels. You know, when Trump was president, all of that went up. The fossil fuel yes, usage went up. And the it's regulations to went the down. Planet. Please don't vote for him. I'm begging you. Get him out of here. He's so dangerous. Droughts, climate change. Floods, climate change. Fire, that's climate change. Freeze, that's climate change. You stubbed your toe this morning getting out of bed, that's climate change. The liberals accuse us of worshiping Donald Trump, of being in a cult following the leader, Donald Trump. I would never attribute the power of the weather to Donald Trump. I like the guy, obviously. I admire him. Best president of my lifetime. But I don't have such an outsized view of his influence that I attribute to him the powers of lightning and thunder and rain in the desert. People who attribute those godlike powers to Donald Trump are entirely on the left. Now, speaking of God and Burning Man, Mike Lee, I just got to point out, I've mentioned it a number of times before, Mike Lee is just one of the best senators we have. He's just one of the best politicians. He is a super smart guy. He's extremely principled. He's he comports himself in a responsible way and is just all around a very serious guy. And he just gets it, man. You know, Mike Lee's Twitter handle is based Mike Lee. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of a joke at first. I didn't actually think that it was it was Mike, but it is. And 
you know, you, you think because he's buttoned up and Mormon and a constitutional lawyer and really polite and everything that he's just going to be a wallflower or something. But he's not, and especially on social and cultural, even religious issues. He digs down really deep and doesn't, doesn't back down. So w- when the news of Burning Man came out, uh, Mike Lee just tweets out, he goes, this is not healthy. God's judgment is real, <laughs> which is true. Fact check, 100% true. Show me the lie. You can't do it. Now, what he was responding to, by the way, was not just news of the flooding. It was news of what was going on before the flooding. And this is a family show, so I can't, <laughs> I can't read much of this on the air. Uh, this is a headline. It's wildest Burning Man events. No, I, I actually can't read any of it. It's all just super, super weird sex stuff that involves like groups of men standing around naked and whippings and naked oil wrestling and hypnosis circles. And man, I'm, I am cleaning this up so much that you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. You can go read it at the Daily Star. Uh, this is really depraved, decadent stuff. And the thing that's most striking about it is not that weirdos will go to the desert and do weird drugs and sex stuff. It's that according to the elite, if you go to this, according to the, the elite, if you drive out to the, the middle of the desert and do a ton of drugs and have all sorts of weird orgies with people of both sexes and everything in between, and then worship a giant burning idol and then go home after nine days, you are cultured and sophisticated. You're really, you're avant-garde. You, you want, you, you're progressive. You're thinking ahead of all those rubes. And if you go to church, you're in a cult. And if you vote for a Republican, you're in a cult. You're a weirdo. You're totally crazy. Hypnosis, naked, oil wrestling, daily whippings in the desert. Posh. You know, that's just what the elites do. That's just what we do. Do you remember, it was Dominique Strauss-Kahn was that big financial muckety-muck. This was now, we're going back like 20 years. But it was, the, it was the first one of these guys in my lifetime who was one of the big, you know, the people at the big institutions like the IMF or the UN or the WTO or these big, massive institutions who got caught doing really weird sex stuff. And, and his defense was, oh, no, I don't go to that many orgies. You know, oh, no, I don't go to this many. And then the story came out during the Hunter Biden investigation that there's this really elite sex club in L.A., maybe it's in New York, too, with movie stars and politicians and all. Do you remember Madison Cawthorn? He basically got run out of Congress for blowing the whistle on eyes wide shut parties in our nation's capital. You know, the home of our sacred temple of democracy, the most, most pristine light of democracy ever in the history of the world. And, and then, of course, there was Jeffrey Epstein when we found out that the supposedly conspiratorial QAnon, whatever theory that the elites run this underage sex ring is not only not a conspiracy theory, but it, they've got their own island. <laughs> and it involves not only elected heads of state, but also members of the royal family and also huge business leaders. And it's all, it's all real. It's, it's, it's difficult for me to even wrap my head around it now, having seen all of the evidence for years and years and years now. 
I guess that's just the way it works in this world because the devil is the prince of this world and we struggle not against flesh but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And in that world, we talked about a book yesterday by the Italian general, Roberto Vinacci, called The World Upside Down. In that upside down world, if you go do weird Bacchanalian drug orgy idol worship stuff in the desert— you're, you're normal. It's like, and if, if you just have a normal family and you go to church and you're crazy, it's like the Munsters. You remember the Munsters TV show? I'm really dating myself as a millennial who watched reruns in the 90s on Nick at Night. But in the Munsters, you got all these crazy monsters who are in the family and then this one hot blonde girl. And the hot blonde girl thinks that she's ugly because her environment is such that she's surrounded by monsters all the time. And so her perception is that she's the abnormal one. She, and that's, that's how I think us conservatives. That's how we feel now. I think, am I crazy? Am I the crazy one? Because I don't go to the orgies in the desert? Maybe. According to the wisdom of this world, I guess I am. Speaking of faith, faith in college education has completely collapsed in the United States. Public opinion polls about 10, 13 years ago all had the same story. And the story was Americans believe in college. 86% of college graduates around 2010, 2012, said that college had been a good investment. Another survey said 74% of young adults viewed college education as very important. A third one said 60% of Americans in total across the board said colleges and universities were having a positive impact on the country. In 2009, this was right around the time I went to college, Little, I went to college in 2008, 70% of high school graduates went straight to college. 70%. That was an all-time high in American history. And this was heralded as a wonderful thing. Now the trend is totally reversed. And I think that that's a much better thing. Now, the percentage of young adults who say college degree is very important has gone from 74% to 41%. A third of Americans say they have confidence in higher education. Among Zoomers, 45%, almost half of Zoomers say a high school diploma is all you need to ensure financial security. And almost half of American parents say they don't want their kid to go to college. (laughs) A total collapse. How did that happen? Well, what the liberals will say is, this this is backsliding. This is regressive. This is the consequence of the anti-intellectual Trump era in which Trump brazenly said that he loves the uneducated. We're just going to hell in a handbasket. No, no, I don't think that's quite the story. I think the story is that you can't hide a fraud forever. Even the best con artist in the world can't hide his crimes forever. Eventually, Bernie Madoff is going to get caught, and the colleges are Bernie Madoff. It's been a complete racket. What what these colleges and the apparatchiks in government who boosted these colleges by underwriting all of the loans that allowed the tuitions to skyrocket, what they promised was that if you come here, if you send your kid here, your kid is going to turn out better. And the initial promise, the the real promise of a, a liberal education in the good sense of the word liberal, is that you learn to make sense of your freedom and you steep yourself in the culture of your civilization and you you learn how to think about abstract things and then you can go on and get job training and have a good career. Then when that didn't materialize, the, the pitch for college became, hey, come here and you'll get a good job, which was never what university education was about. 
It was never about job training at all. But they realized, okay, well, we're obviously not teaching our kids to think in an abstract way. The standards at the colleges have absolutely cratered. So, okay, well, don't worry. You're at least going to get a job. This is a credential that you need to get a good, high-paying job. And then that kind of cratered too. Now kids go. And and all the while, by the way, the cost has gone up to now, what, a quarter million dollars to get a four-year college degree at some places? And what's the payoff? There is no payoff. You, you don't get any uh, intellectual or spiritual payoff. You don't even get a financial payoff. It's just a big scam. Oh, and by the way, your kids come out of college hating you because the college spends four years undoing everything that you spent 18 years trying to instill into your children. And because of the way our economy works now, you probably didn't get a whole ton of time to spend with your children because it's very hard to raise a family on one income. So both parents now usually have to work. So the kids end up getting raised by by daycare workers and by public school teachers from the age of, it used to be five. Now it's really from the age of three or even two. I have friends who have two-year-olds. They say, I'm sending my kid to school now at the age of two. And so you've already got such an uphill battle. And then the colleges come and finish it off. And the parents and the students are saying, enough, what's the benefit for? This is the conservative consolation, which is things are really bad. And they might get worse, and they might get even worse than that. But reality reasserts itself eventually in the end. It has to. You can't, it is not possible to deny reality forever. Now, speaking of political realities, we've got some new poll numbers out on the 2024 presidential race. And you know, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, we have a very exciting offer coming for all of our Daily Wire members. Early access to a first look at the highly anticipated 10-part original series with Candace Owens, Convicting a Murderer. Early access to view this series is September 7th, only on Daily Wire Plus. Take a look at this teaser. Coming up on Convicting a Murderer. Part of me don't want to believe that he did this. The blood that was on that back area was indicative of a head wound. My brother likes to push a lot of people around. I don't give a about anything. I ain't gotta listen to nobody. How were these filmmakers able to convince so many people that a man like Stephen Avery is innocent? How many times did he stab her? Once. And show me where. Right here. They gave him power. They're trying to get everything on me that they can. It's not good for an Avery to have power. I had told you all along, keep your fucking mouth shut. That can hurt, Steven. I'm not going to lie for him no more. I can't do it. Watch Convicting a Murderer, a new 10-part series on Daily Wire Plus. Early access to watch Convicting a Murderer will be available to Daily Wire Plus members on September 7th. It's free to watch for members, so there's no reason to miss it. The official premiere of Convicting a Murderer will take place on X, the artistic platform formerly known as Twitter, on September 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Candace will be live chatting with special guests at the X event at 5 p.m. Head on over to X to join the conversation. That's a lot of that. That's three X's, which makes this show XXX. The full series will be available only on Daily Wire Plus, so go to dailywireplus.com slash subscribe to join us. Use code TRUTH for 25% off your Daily Wire Plus subscription. Everyone is going to be talking about this series. Everyone, look, they're all talking about it. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. My favorite comment yesterday is from Stephen Arapizzo, who says, Burning Man describes the STDs everyone leaves with. So true. Maybe... Maybe Burning Man was the friends we made along the way. Those friends were venereal diseases. Very, very true. 
We're talking about poll numbers. Let's turn to 2024. There's a poll published by the Wall Street Journal showing that Donald Trump is now the top choice of 59% of GOP primary voters. This is up 11 percentage points since April. According to the journal, the new survey finds what was once a two-man race for the nomination has collapsed into a lopsided contest in which Trump, for now, has no formidable challenger. I know that this is going to upset people who are campaigning for Ron DeSantis. I really like Ron DeSantis. I've gotten to spend a little bit of time with him. Very impressed with the guy. I think he's a terrific governor. Admire him greatly. I have noticed, maybe this was inevitable, some campaigners for Ron DeSantis are shooting the messenger here because these numbers are not not looking great. And people are conflating two different types of discussion of the 2024 race, the descriptive discussion and the prescriptive discussion. So I've made clear, unlike some of my friends and colleagues, and I guess basically everybody in conservative media, I have no interest in endorsing anybody in this race. I like both of these guys. I like Donald Trump a lot. I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I think they got thick skin. I think they can duke it out. I like primaries. I like when conservatives toughen each other up. And there are other candidates too. Vivek, obviously, is a friend of mine, and, and other candidates as well. It, it seems to me from the beginning simply a descriptive fact that it's been Trump's race from the beginning that all of the factors here, not the least of which is this is the first time since 1892 that we have had a president running for a non-consecutive second term, that it was always Trump's race. And so I'm, I've been pointing this out. And I've been pointing out also some flaws, I think, with the DeSantis campaign, things that are not helping DeSantis. I want to be very clear here. I'm not casting a moral judgment on the DeSantis campaign or on the Trump campaign. Sometimes people have written it and said, Michael, why, why don't you call out the Trump campaign for all the mean, nasty, awful things they're doing? Because I'm not talking about mean, nasty, awful things, period. I'm, I'm not, if I were to lambast a campaign as a, as a matter of a moral judgment, that would be tantamount to making an endorsement. I'm not doing that. I'm describing the campaign tactics from the perspective of their efficacy in the campaign. And it is an indisputable fact that the DeSantis campaign has not been effective. And I think there are specific things that they have done that have harmed their campaign. I think they've shot themselves in the foot in some ways. But even beyond that, I think that the circumstances of the race have been such that it was always going to be a long shot. And it's not that he's out of the race yet. It's not that the race is totally over. But 59% is a pretty crazy number. It means the entire GOP field could drop out other than one guy, and it still wouldn't be close. That is, if that fact drives you crazy, then you've got to stop paying attention to politics. Unless you're an active campaign worker, you've got to stop paying. If, that, if it drives you crazy to watch politics happen, to watch primary campaigns take place and occur and the ups and the downs and that, then find another hobby. You can't, there's no, you're not going to affect the race in any way. You're just going to pull your hair out. It's like watching a baseball game and screaming at the TV and thinking that if you rub your head and pat your belly, then, you know, Derek Jeter is going to hit a home run. That's, that's not going to happen. You're, you're only, you're not going to change the outcome of the game. You're only going to upset yourself. The 
Trump campaign has been effective. The DeSantis campaign has not been effective. If DeSantis wants to turn this around before the Iowa caucuses, DeSantis has to radically change his campaign. And even then, it might not work. Because I, I, again, I don't even really blame the campaign or DeSantis that much. I just think the circumstances are such that this is a primary unlike any we've ever seen. But if DeSantis wants to have a shot, he has got to radically change his campaign. 59%, man, that is a really big number. Now, turning to the other party, there is another potential candidate in the race. No, I'm not talking about Bobby Kennedy. No, I'm not talking about Marianne Williamson. I'm talking about old father time himself, the man who has run for office consistently since, what, 1972? Just like Joe Biden, actually. Same, same year Biden got elected. I'm talking about Bernie Sanders. The president has a right to be very proud of many of the accomplishments that we've achieved in the last three years. Unemployment, very, very low. We brought inflation down. We're investing in clean energy, we're rebuilding our infrastructure. Uh, we have made real progress in a number of areas. But the reality is that today, 60% of our people are living paycheck to paycheck. We have massive levels of income and wealth inequality. Three people or more wealth in the bottom half of America. Our healthcare system is a total disaster. 85 million people uninsured, uninsured, underinsured, while the insurance companies make huge profits. The cost of pharmaceutical drugs, prescription drugs, sky high. Bernie Sanders traveling up to New Hampshire, delivering a speech called The Agenda America Needs. Bernie Sanders has been running for office since 1972. Is it really so crazy to think he might run again? Why not? The two leading candidates, the leading candidate for each party right now is rather elderly, a gentleman of a certain age. And Bernie's been running his whole life consistently since 1972. He, he ran for nine years, for, starting in 1972. He didn't even get elected to anything until 1981. He becomes mayor of Burlington. Ten years later, elected to Congress. 15, 16 years later, he gets elected to the Senate, runs for president the last two times. Why wouldn't he run now? Plus, in a way, the wind is at Bernie's back because he was one of the early populist candidates. Don't forget, Bernie, for all of his wickedness and for embracing socialism, which is an evil ideology and completely unacceptable for any conservative or, or Christian, certainly, to, to embrace, Bernie was not just a lockstep Democrat. Bernie was not as anti-gun as most Democrats. He changed a little bit in the presidential campaigns, but he wasn't as anti-gun because he's from Vermont. And he was pretty strongly anti-immigration. Because Bernie's an old school economic populist, and, and he recognizes that, that mass migration is, is a scam. It's a scam by the left to increase their voter numbers, but it's a scam by the business right, the Chamber of Commerce type right, to uh, lower wages for the working class. So Bernie, being a working class fighter, at least in his own mind, he was, he was opposed to immigration. But he's kind of been dethroned as a populist. He made populism his whole career, and then Trump came in and ate his lunch. And now in the Democrat Party, uh, Bobby Kennedy is probably taking that, that lane as well. Now, all of this leads up to a potential government shutdown in D.C. And usually, in these circumstances, it's the conservatives who want to shut down the government, the liberals who want to keep the government operating. This time, though, the situation might be flipped. 
And that will be my little tease for tomorrow. I'm sorry. Look, I don't mean to tease you, but there's only so much time, okay? And we have to get to the member block. Today is Woke Wednesday. We are combining Woke Wednesday with the Tuesday show, which is of an ideology that I cannot name on YouTube uh, because we moved that Tuesday show of the ideology that I can't name on YouTube to Today, after Music Monday moved to Tuesday, it's Labor Day really messed up a lot of this week. The show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. 